Amen. You all can be seated tonight. Glory to Jesus. Vision night. We're excited about it. Amen. Vision night. Thank you all. <clears throat> so, as we just kind of dig into this tonight and... I want to do a little review over the last this last month and things that we've talked about. We've got our follow-through boards up here that some of you wrote things down on about following through and the importance of understanding that follow-through comes from revelation that we have. And we talked throughout the month about following through in the authority of the name of Jesus. Um, Colossians 3 and 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus that he would be glorified. No matter what I do. That's, that's a verse of scripture. That's a confession that you need to make over yourself on a regular basis. That whatever I do in word or deed, I do all in the name of Jesus that what I do would glorify him. Amen? Vital that we do those kind of things. That, that, that we're aware of that all the time. Um, we talked this earlier in the month uh, from Psalm 37, put that, put that up there for me, Psalm 37 and, and verse 2, <clears throat> and it says, uh, well, go, go back to verse 1, it says, do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. In other words, as, as we delight ourselves in God, He puts His desires in you and then He brings those things to pass. You know, that, that, is, that is the key to success. And the reason that developing vision many times takes a, a period of time is because we got to get ourselves out of the way so that we can know what he has for us and then apply that. Amen? Uh, we looked at Habakkuk 2 and, and, and verse 2 and 3, and it talks about writing and making the vision plain, writing it down so that it's clear. You've got to write your visions down. You've got to make sure that they're plain and clear. It, and, and, and in writing the vision, those that read it can run with it. It's vital that, that we make it clear. That's why we're here tonight, to make the, the, the vision clear this morning and tonight about making the vision clear at Gates, but helping you to make your visions clear so that you understand. Amen? Um, Proverbs 29 and 8 we looked at said, says, where there is no vision or redemptive revelation, people cast off restraint. Part of the reason that we, and we've been talking about this for a while, we've talked about it throughout the years, but we've talked about it for a while around here, that corporate and personal vision have to flow together. They've got to be connected. Because without corporate vision and oversight, you cast off restraint, and, and it's very easy for our minds to take over and try to dictate our lives, try to instruct our lives and lead our lives. We don't want our lives to be led by just what we think. We want our lives to be led by God. Amen? And, and without redemptive revelation, revelation coming to us 
through the Word, through what we read and what we listen to and spending time with God, if we don't have that, then we cast off off restraint. And then pretty much when there's no restraint, anything goes. See, see, there's no guidelines. That's, that's, that is the society that we live in. People don't want guidelines. They don't want someone to come in and, and have some kind of direction and know where we're going. A lot of people don't like that, and, the, and, the, and it makes them mad, and they get upset when, when there are distinct lines drawn in the sand you know, about things. But, but that's God. God draws lines in the sand, and there's certain ways you do things, and if we don't submit to that, See, then we cast off that restraint, and then again, anything goes. We don't, want to be, we don't want to be the type of person where we have no oversight. It's a very dangerous place to be. Philippians 2, we looked at this month. Message we taught on a, one of the Sundays, titled, Let This Mind Be in You. Uh, put, put that up on the board there for me. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. He didn't consider it robbery as a man. He didn't consider robbery to be equal with God, to be connected with God, to, 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 be, to be joint heirs with God. And he didn't consider it to be, to be robbery, and we have to have that mind. We were created in his image. We're not deity. He is the only deity. But we're equal with God in the fact that we are created spirits. We're spiritual beings, right? We're, we're not animals. We're not whales. We're not, we're not, you know, like everything else created. We're different. We were, created, we were the only thing in Genesis 1, 1 to the end of the chapter, we were the only thing created in His image. See, so Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and he said, have this mind in you that you have a right to the kingdom of God. You have a right to everything that God says we have a right to, and we have to understand that. To to have vision and walk it out, we've got to understand. In 1 Corinthians, we read this today, in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26, let's look at that. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that supposedly are. And, And God created each and every one of us to be used that way, but we have to, we have to come down in the estimation of ourselves and, and put our faith and confidence in the estimation of God and who He is. See, that's a very, that's, it, it's very threatening to people to trust in something they can't see, they can't touch. You know, there's no, there's no natural, tangible evidence that God is real. Now, we could, you could argue that, but I'm talking about you know, you, you can't see God on your computer screen. You can't call him on the telephone. There's no tangible evidence that God is real. He's real because the Word says he's real. And then in the Word, it tells you why everything is the way it is. And I don't know if that's, you know, how you can't believe that God is real based on what the Word says that he is and he does, I don't know. But people... 
People want to feel something and touch something and see something to believe that it's real. But, I, but, but God wants us to believe that He chose us and, and that in the choosing, He has established us to establish His kingdom in the earth. He has set you and I up to establish His kingdom in the earth. It's a great thing. So we talked about that a little bit today. Um, so tonight, what, what, what I'm endeavoring to do is to, is to make each one of you realize or help each one of you realize that, and we're talking about personal vision tonight, that <clears throat> d- developing vision that is from God does not just come out of you being in a closet somewhere praying in the Spirit for 25 hours. It won't come from that. Because God created us a certain way, and He created us with a mind, a will, and an emotions. Each one of us have emotions. Each one of us have a will and a mind. And with that mind, He's given us the ability to read and to listen and to gain in knowledge. But with all the knowledge that we gain, what's dangerous with knowledge is that knowledge puffs up. See, it's dangerous when a person gains a lot of knowledge, but they don't have redemptive revelation. So so what there has to be a cross between and a balance is realizing that the world has a lot of knowledge about things. If... Um, if, if Dale wants to be a computer programmer, okay, he doesn't come to the church and ask Pastor Bert to teach him how to be a computer programmer. I promise you. Right? He goes where? He goes and takes classes where he learns how to be a computer programmer. How, how to understand software and how to apply those things. He goes there. But Along the way, with the knowledge that he learns about that, it can take him in a different direction that is very dangerous if he doesn't know how to use that for God's kingdom. And I'm not talking about just his computer being used to promote Scripture and those kind of things. I'm talking about everything that he puts, everything we do in word or deed, we do all in the name of Jesus that God would be glorified. You see? So there has to be the best of both worlds. But first and foremost, and most people, you know, unless you went to a really, really good Christian college, most people aren't going to learn the importance of the person of the Holy Spirit and what his part is in in causing you to understand vision and destiny. Most people aren't going to understand those kind of things without what the church gives them. So you have to value the church. You have to value the preaching and the things that you get from the church worldwide all the information and the things that we get you've got to value that so to do that you have to resource yourself so tonight i just thought i'd go through just a a few books probably over the last 10 years that i have read okay I've, i had to make a list of others because i don't have them with me or they're in my phone and in my iBooks and, and those things but um I'm just going to go through these real quickly and just show you what gaining this kind of information and resourcing myself with books, 
with teaching and those kind of things are vital to me having vision for my life, okay? Um, Wild at Heart. Anybody ever read this book? Very great book for men, okay? And learning about men. Um, When I first read this book, I read about three chapters of it, and I thought, oh my gosh. You know, I don't want to read another book that talks about, you know, trying to find yourself in the woods somewhere, you know? I mean, mean, I've read all kinds of things like that. And, and so I just put the thing down. I thought, ah, you know, I don't even want to read that. And, and so I put it down. And probably a year later, I saw the book in my office, and, and the Holy Spirit said, read that book. And I read it. And, you know, most of you have been through book clubs where we did this and went through it because God revealed to me, you know, you, you put it down too early. There were things that you needed to see about that because by the end of the chapter, he had a real balance in that. Yeah, was, you know, you got, men need to do what they need to do to find out who they are, but I needed to read this book, and it helped me. But the Holy Spirit will take from what you read about something like this and show you what you need, okay? What I need is going to be different than what you need or what you need from this book, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you where you need to focus on certain areas, not just take the book and make it now how you have to live your life. No, n- nobody was created to do that for you. Only the Holy Ghost. But we need the wisdom. Um, anybody like dictionaries or a thesaurus or, or these kind of things? I, I just read them. I go through and develop my ability to understand how to use different words by just reading the dictionary or reading a thesaurus. Very, very helpful for me. And it helps me to now take those words, and I have in, in, I've downloaded all different kinds of apps of different types of dictionaries, so I have just a plethora, nice word, um, I have a plethora of dictionaries that I go to to get what I really believe God is wanting said from a specific word, okay? I have Greek dictionaries, I have Hebrew dictionaries, I've got uh, Latin dictionaries, uh, and and then about a half a dozen of just different dictionaries in, in, you know, in America here that that we have at, at our disposal. And so I take those and use these to strengthen my ability to use words and understand things. But the Holy Ghost is the key to taking the words I learn and doing something with them. Amen? This book called The Miracle of Marriage by Douglas Weiss. Weiss or Weiss? Weiss? Weiss or Weiss? Um, Brilliant book. If you've never had it, it's called The Miracle of Marriage. If you've never read it, you can, it's very easy to just pull it up, download it, and, and and, and go through this. It's an excellent book on challenging you to understand how to make a good marriage great or a marriage that's on the rocks to recover. Excellent book. And actually, it's a good book for someone to read that's not married yet that can uh, really help you to be prepared for when you are married. Now, one of the things about marriage and it's one of the things about anything that we talk about right here that I've read and I'm encouraging you in 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 reading you know other materials is that God wrote the blueprint on marriage right so this guy's opinions are not exhaustive 
Okay? It doesn't mean that everything that he says is the gospel according to marriage. Okay? I like most of what the guy says, but there's some things in there that I don't feel like at least today that apply. And maybe it's because I don't have enough revelation for it to apply. That's why you keep growing in revelation, in redemptive revelation, so when you do read something for the fourth time, oh, you get it. Kind of like this book right here. I didn't get it. And then I read it and read it all the way through, and I got it. And, it, and it's changed a lot of people's lives as a result of it. Um, we're doing this book uh, as, as a connect group. The, the LeMans are doing this book. I read this book, I don't know how many years ago, but I read it through after I read it the first time, I read it about four times. And it just talks about the bait that Satan sets to get people trapped in strife and division and a plethora of other kinds of things. I'm going to wear that word out now. <clears throat> and, a, and a bunch of other things that are, you know, that, that try to keep you in bondage and keep you from fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Great book. Um, another book on leadership by Sam Chan, Leadership Pain, it's called. Excellent book. One of the best books on leadership that I've ever read. And, and has really done a lot for me in the last couple of years since I read this book. A lot. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Any type of a team. I don't care what it is. This book will work. This guy might be a Christian, but there's no Christianese in the book at all. But it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's a New York seller, uh, uh, bestseller. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list a, num- a couple of different times because it's been revised. And it is an excellent book on how to remove dysfunction from any type of team that there is. I don't care whether it's church, business, or what it is. Anybody ever read Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover? Excellent book. You need to resource yourself. But you know what? And, and I, I don't mind saying it because I think Dave Ramsey is a great guy. But there's two or three things in here that I don't agree with to this day. I still don't agree with in the book. But about 90% of the book I do, and it's worth it. See, that's why you have to have the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost may not tell you that w- the three things that I disagree with that you disagree with. But he told me that. And, and made it me. Made, I, re- I remember the first time I read this book and I was challenged. I was challenged in my mind. You know, I, I don't believe that, but am I wrong? See, that's good. See, because then you find out what you really believe. And so what I based on, the three, there are three things in this book that I don't totally agree with, and it's not going to hurt anybody, okay, but I just, I wouldn't apply it to my own life, and, and all three of those things, I back them up with Scripture. See, and it's good to, to look at things and challenge what someone else has said based on what the Word says, because ultimately, all that really matters is what God's Word says, See, but, but we thank God for the resources that we have and the people that we can read from. Um, I read this about six years ago. It's called Be Our Guest. The CEO, he's not anymore, he used to be the CEO of Disney. And uh, he talks in here about how to serve people. And it's brilliant. The, the book is literally brilliant about servanthood. Uh, there's, there's no other, anybody ever been to Disney World or Land or any of the Disney places? A few people. I mean, there's nothing like Disney, you know. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to have shrubs around your place that look like Mickey. 
You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not doing everything that Disney does, but taking what they do well that lines up with the Word of God and learn to apply it and make what you do better. You have to resource yourself. Amen? Other book I have here is Golf's Heroes. It was one of those selfish books. <clears throat> but, um, and, and I've read, uh, I just made a list of, uh, I've, over the last, uh, about, I don't know, it was longer than 10 years ago, it was maybe 12, 15 years ago. God really challenged me about resourcing myself and starting to read a certain number of books. For a while, I was reading about 12 books a year. For me, that was a lot. For other people, some people can read 12 books in a month. You know, but for me, 12 books in a year was a lot for me to read through. I mean, good size, these type of books, but other books. But along with that is every once in a while, every six or eight months, I will read a really good novel. And I have a series of novels. Right now, I've, I've, I've read about 30 of them, and it's an author by the name of Clive Cussler. And they're all... Um, they're all... Uh, what are they? What am I trying to say? What type of books are they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Mystery, Mystery type books, yeah, or whatever. But, um, but there's, there's a number of different series, and I love them. But if you vegged out on something like that all the time, you know, and, and you spent all your time reading novels, you got no rev- redemptive revelation coming in, see? But your soul needs something different than reading the Bible every once in a while. And I, I promise you, in those novels, when I read them, I get revelation from reading the novel because I spend most of my time in Christian books. Say about 85% of my reading is in Christian stuff. The other 15% is just in whatever, like Be Our Guest or whatever, it, it, and other things to help resource my ability to fulfill the vision and the plan that God had in my life. Okay? So I'm giving you five things tonight that I think are key for you to develop and find out the vision and plan that God had for you before the foundation of the world. Number one is books. I've, I've, read, I've read now probably close to 15 biographies on different presidents. All, well, all but one are, are deceased. Um, I've read... Oh, probably 15 or 20 different books just on successful people. People like Henry Ford, um, Andrew Carnegie, Warren Buffett. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm blank just all the ones that I've read. And I, I'm a person. I, I've, I've got some books, you know, on my iPad or uh, iBooks or things like that. But I'm a book guy. I, I, like, I like to hear the pages and smell them. <laughs> You know, I, I just like the book. So uh, you might be different and you just like it all electronic and, and that's all good. And I do some of both, but for the most part, I've got bookshelves in my house full of books and things that I've read. And, and so those things, again, are important because it develops your ability to help you to learn and to understand what life is really all about. And it gives the Holy Spirit things to reveal to you you know there there are truths that i've taught from the word about george washington and things that he had and that i've read by people that have authored books about george washington that are just 
amazing, I mean, leadership ability and skill that the man had and, and vision and insight. He was a visionary and the insight that he had and where he took our nation and his two terms of presidency before he passed away is just, I mean, without him, we probably would not be a nation without this one man because of what he did and what he accomplished. And, it, it's, and, and you know, before, I, I didn't learn anything in school about George Washington. I don't know, you, you might have, and maybe I did, and I sure didn't remember anything about it. But I have in the last few years. I've read about six different authors that did biographies on, on him and his life, and, and it's just amazing. And, and they all pretty much overlap and say pretty much the same things about the man. And so you, you need to learn and, and resource yourself and, and allow yourself to grow in, in knowledge, but not allow the knowledge to puff you up or to send you in a different direction. Allow the knowledge to be revealed to you by the Holy Ghost, what you need to know from the things that you read. Because there's not one thing that you'll read that God won't show you something if you'll allow him to. Amen? The second thing that's important that, that we have and that we do to help develop our vision and our understanding of vision is to listen to the Word. You can listen to a lot of different things, but listening to the Word is, is, is vital. It's a, it's a key to your success. The entrance of His Word brings light and life. Number one, resourcing yourself with written materials. Number two, is listening to the word. And, I, and I'm not just talking about listening to motivational speaking. You can listen to motivational speakers, I guess. I, I did for years when I was a lot younger, and they really didn't do a lot for me like the word does for me because there's a lot of motivational speakers that preach from the word that are better than motivational speakers that just preach about advancing and, and being successful and those kind of things. I'm not saying that it's not going to do you any good, but listening to the Word is so much better. It's vital. And resource yourself with people that are people of faith. I'm not talking about people that preach unbelief. There's all kinds of teaching out there that is, that, you know, is going in a lot of different directions, but I'm talking about people that teach faith in one level or another, in one form or another. It's vital that, that we have that to develop our vision. Where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. They perish. Number three in, in being successful is praying and obeying. Praying and obeying. It's vital that we pray and obey. Um, <clears throat> on a daily basis, finding time in your day somehow Finding time somehow in your day, especially in the mornings, early on, to have time where you can sit and think and pray. I, it just, I'm, I, I can't tell you what it's done for me where vision is concerned. I, I feel like I have become a visionary stronger today than I've ever been because I, one of the reasons is I have found the time to sit and think and pray. And, and when I sit and think and pray, I always have, I, I like writing. Um, I, I do some in, in my iPad and phone in the, in, in the notes in there, but I like to write. And so I've, I've, got, I've got stacks of papers and, 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 
and notebooks of papers that I have written things down that I go back and I look at periodically and remind myself of things that God told me because in those times where I think and I pray, then I write. God will give me things. Listen to me. God will show you something. You don't write that thing down, out of sight, out of mind, and, man, you forget. You, oh, God told me something and I forgot all of it. No, man, have it ready and write it down. But find the time where, where you're not bothered, where you're not like, oh, man, i got to hurry and do this in five minutes. No, find a little bit of time. You know, I, I, need, I, I need a couple hours minimum to have time to really hear God and let everything else settle down. If that means in my life that I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning instead of 6.30 in the morning, then that's what it's going to be. Because, because to really get your day and your life mapped out and develop that, you've got to be diligent to get from God first. So that, that the first things you get are not fear or stress or anxiety, or trouble going on. You need to be able to deal with stress and trouble and anxiety and things that you face every day. And without God, where you're praying and listening, where you can just think and you can write, I tell you, if you'll practice and develop that, that has done more for me in, in becoming more of a visionary, not only where the church is concerned, but in my personal life than anything else, where I find the time to think and pray. It's vital. Number four, that when you, <clears throat> four, four and five kind of go together, but, but, I'm, but I've separated them. Um, when you've, as you Resource yourself as you read, as you listen to the word, as you pray and obey, you know, as you, as you develop this and get these things working in your life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this, I'm not talking about, okay, uh, I've got I've to read something out of a book and then I've got to jump over here to this. I'm not talking about something that's legalistic. I'm talking about something that you develop a routine. We, we, we'll do another one of these, but we've done some, some men's roundtable, and one, one of the topics that we discussed in our men's roundtable was a routine, daily routine. And what we talked about regarding daily routines is, there's, depending on where you're at, where you work, who you work for, or whatever, in your daily routine, there is a certain amount of time that is not your own. If you work for HEB, and you work eight hours a day at HEB, that eight hours is not yours. It's theirs. So there's not anything you can do with that. But personally, you can make a difference in your life with the time that is not that eight hours. That's your time. And what you do with that time and how you prioritize that time will determine your success in life. And, And in that time, there's got to be things that you do that you like doing, but there's got to be things that you do and add to the, that time that are going to develop your vision so that you're not just good for yourself, you're good for other people. See, people that have no vision, they're perishing, and the people around them are not being exhorted and built up and lifted up. And if, if, if you're not resourcing yourself on a regular basis... You know, and you know, okay, maybe starting out it's not going to be every day, maybe every other day, or, or, you, or one day you'll listen to some word and the next day you'll, you'll read something or whatever. But learn to get it 
to be a part of your life all year long. Dedicate yourself to making these things priority so that you can see clearly and know what God's plan is for your life. Because I promise you, he's already had the plan for you. You just got to find it. I don't know about you, but that is very comforting to know. I don't have to create my plan. He's got the plan. I just got to find the plan. And I'm giving you the tools to find the plan. So this number four is being specific with, with what it is that you want. You've got to be specific about what you want. So in the vision papers that you have tonight, in your vision sheets and, and, and goals that you have, whatever you have written down, throughout the year, you know, let these things evolve. If you came here tonight with with plans that are you know exactly what you want that's good we'll pray but if you came uncertain that's okay it's 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 all right you you don't have to know everything i'm giving you the tools to cause your goals and your dreams and your vision to evolve but what but eventually what god wants from all of us is to be specific with him about what we want see and and you know what's what's interesting about that is a person could think, well, God knows what I want. Why should I be specific with him? It's not for him. It's for me. Right? It's for me being specific. God, I believe you want me to do this. I believe you want me debt-free. I believe you want me well in my body. Okay? I believe you want this for me. So, Father, I declare right now in, in the name of Jesus, that I have these things, or I, I have enough to do this. I, I thank you for the money to become debt-free in my life. I thank you for the avenues that you're bringing to me to become debt-free. I'm just using that as an example, something that's simple to understand. There's ways to become debt-free, and it's not Federal Reserve notes falling out of the sky. Now, you know what? One in a million chance, that could work. But that's like the lottery, you know, probably not going to happen to most people, right? See, but in God, it's not a lottery. Everybody wins. If you apply the principles from the word, everybody wins. It's not just one person. You know why? Because like we talked about this morning, you were created for greatness. And when he chose you before the foundation of the world, he chose you to be great and to be a significant part of his plan in the earth. Man, then, that, then it's a win-win. We, we can't lose if we don't quit. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I'm just not sure. It's all right. It's all right if you're not sure. Thank God you have the Holy Ghost. And thank God with the Holy Ghost, you can know exactly what God has for your life. So God wants us, number four, to... It, 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 there comes a time where we have to be specific with what it is that we want. Because with me, until I became specific about some things, things didn't change. You know why? Because I didn't believe in it. I've got to believe it. And I've got to believe in what God wants for my life. So as we're, as we're taking the best of both worlds, as we're taking all the resource, okay, and we're taking the Word of God and what the Holy Spirit reveals to us and we're, we're meshing these together, that's where we're finding what we're called to do. See, you, you might read, be our guest, and 
something out of this that you read might stir something on the inside of you about uh, working for Disney <laughs> or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But, but something, not like that necessarily, but may stir something in you about how to make what you're doing better by serving people in a greater way. See? And, and so, so Michael Eisner's ideas on serving people are one thing, but God's got ideas about serving people that are totally different or can be, can be totally different. So you take what he says and then you... you, you um, What's the right word? Um, need my thesaurus. Uh, you 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 make you take the idea, but you perfect it from the word. You allow the Holy Spirit to perfect what the idea was. See, and and you won't get that if you don't understand how to pray in the Spirit and how, to, and how to allow the Holy Spirit to take what Michael Eisner said in this book and really reveal to you what he's trying to get over to you. That's what's changed my life. I can speak for myself on that. Amen? And number five is that you have to build a repertoire of confessions. You have to build a line of confession for your life that is your strength. This month I've encouraged you with three or four things to say. One of them was that you have the mind of Christ. What I say over myself every day is I have the mind of Christ and I think the thoughts of God. Every day I think the thoughts of God. You need to build your confession out of, uh, um, in, in, in my phone, in my notes, I have a, <clears throat> I have a personal confession page that is up to 51 personal confessions that I make every day, that I speak over myself every day. Well, these confessions, sometimes I'll be reading it and I'll come across one that I'm thinking, nah, delete it. And, th and then I'll add something else. But I may be reading a book and I come across something that's really catchy and I'll go, wow. So what I do is I don't just add that catchy phrase from maybe a book that I'm reading where the person that wrote the book's not even a Christian. Okay, I may not make the exact con confession of, of what he wrote, but what he wrote came from God because there's not anything that you read that didn't originate from God. The devil created nothing. God created everything. So you see a catchy phrase that really encourages you. That catchy phrase came from the Word of God. So I just want to make sure that it lines up with the Word before I add it to my confessions. Because what I want to confess is the Word in one form or another. It doesn't have to be Scripture and verse. It can be a, it can be a statement that is made or whatever by, by someone else. But just make sure that you find it in the Word. See, that protects you. See, and it challenges you to know why you say something over yourself. Um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm just going to show you this. Um, I don't know why I just thought about this, but I- Isabel gave me a book one time years ago. It was called something about the bus. Get on the bus. What was it called? Get on the bus or something like that. So um, there was a confession out of there in that book. And this is what it said. This is just a piece that I took out of this book. I, I read this book. I liked it, you know. And there, there's some good stuff in it. But, but, but I really like this phrase. And this is, this is what I say over myself. I lead with purpose. I find excitement in the mundane, passion in the everyday, and extraordinary in the ordinary. With purpose and vision, I'm contributing to something bigger than me. I don't know about you, but that's good. But I found scripture and verse for every statement in there. Okay? Now, I don't have to, you know, oh, I've got to make sure that i got a verse next. No, no, come on. Okay? I just want to know that what I'm saying is not just something that's just common. See, because the word's not common. I want to know that what I'm saying, and it came from a book that I don't think the people were Christian, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it was, but it came from a book that I don't even remember what the book was about, but I got that confession out of it, you you know what I'm saying? Because I was resourcing myself, and I was learning, and it was doing something to my mind, but maybe that's all I got out of it was right there, because that's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to have. You see? And, and, it, and it's, I've made that confession every day for probably three or four years. And it means something to me. And, and, it, and it's enhanced the way I see things. And there's been days on certain confessions that I make of my personal confessions that all of a sudden something new will come. See? And, and something will be added to what I was created to do, and it'll make me a better leader and it'll give me more passion or whatever. So you have to have the strength of a list of confessions that you make on a daily basis. Because if not, you're listening to too many other things. And I'll just tell you right now, one of the best times to make these confessions is first thing in the morning. When you're praying, when you're listening, when you're, when you're finding time to think, and then finding, you know, it takes me, about three and a half minutes to confess these confessions. It's not like all day, right? And I, I'm telling you, we can make time for these kind of things. And the more you make time for the things that I'm talking to you about tonight, the more you make time for it, the more you're going to understand and have purpose and vision and passion for what you're doing in life, not just going through the motions. Now, I'm just telling you, if you apply what I'm talking about, and, and some of you may, you've, you've heard me say these things before or whatever, but if you'll apply what I'm talking about, just be ready for changes. Be ready for changes. What God will challenge you to do. Because he has a plan for your life, and he wants you to be fulfilled and passionate with the plan. Can you say Amen. John 15, can you put that up there? John 15, 16. I'm almost done, and then we're going to pray. We read this this morning. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain 
that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Because see, a person that's bearing fruit is a person that is asking. But what I get out of this verse of Scripture is, when I know he chose me, and I'm comfortable in my own skin and what God's called me about in life, and when I'm praying and, and hearing and doing the things that he's telling me to do, and it's bearing fruit, and my fruit is remaining, then my life will just keep on asking. I'll keep being an asker, and actually I'll be more direct and specific in my asking. And, and the more direct and specific that you are to God about your asking, the more you see happen. But a person that knows their calling and knows their place with God knows that what they ask for is his will. See, what I'm asking for is what he's already said is so. See, I'm not just dreaming something out. Well, that looks good. I'll try that. No. No, that's where people get defeated. See, and, and, and so many people in the world think that being wealthy is the ultimate success. So they, they wear themselves out attempting to become wealthy when nowhere in the Bible did the Bible say, seek after wealth. It said, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, understanding his way of operating and doing, and then the wealth will come. He didn't say that we shouldn't be wealthy. But seeking after the wealth is what will cause you, destruction to set in because we don't seek first wealth and a lot of people think that seeking after wealth is like seeking after what's right so that you know if I'm wealthy then I can do a lot for the kingdom of God no you've got to realize you're wealthy because you were chosen <laughs> see because we were chosen by a wealthy God and whatever whatever wealth comes into our life in the natural realm is a result of the fact that we're people that are bearing fruit and our fruit is remaining that's, that's who we have to be and be confident in. Amen? So, I want to end with this and then this passage of Scripture right here and then we'll pray. Um, and, I, and I read this this morning. It was the last thing we read this morning and I want to end with this tonight in 1 Corinthians 2. <clears throat> and I want to just kind of break it down for a minute. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Go, go back to verse 9. Uh, the things which God has prepared for us. Dang, he's already prepared everything for us. It's already prepared. See, so, so what does it mean to love God? He told Peter, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, if you love me, then just do what I say. And, and, and it's, not that, it's not that God's watching and seeing if you really love him and you're doing everything that he's saying. No, he, he knows your heart, okay? And we have to come to a place where we realize how important it is that we obey him. To love him is to obey him because we want to, not because we have to, not because we're forced to. And he said here, the things which God has prepared for those who love him, who obey him, who keep his commandments, who do the things that he says to do. 
okay? So, but that's not what I sees, and it's not what ear hears. See, it's not what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears that is the will of God, because so many times what we see and we hear will deceive us and lead us astray. The next verse says, in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us, the things that he's prepared for us, he re- he's revealed them to us through his spirit. I mean, that, that's, that's got to be a settled issue in your and my life. It's got to be settled to us. That the things that are prepared for us are revealed to us by the spirit only, by the spirit, and that's it. No other way. It's not going to come to you what God has for you any other way but by the Spirit. Now, what I told you about resourcing yourself, listening to the Word, finding time to think and pray and meditate on on what God wants to show you about things, learning to be specific about the things that that we're to do in life, all all of that and, and making confession, all of that combined is what gets us in a place where we're not moved by what we see and hear, but we're learning to develop inside of us the ability to hear the voice of the Spirit who is revealing to us what God has already prepared for us before the foundation of the world. That's that's the place we want to be operating in. That's the place we want to get into. We want to find that place. Because when you find that place, it's a place of absolute fulfillment, like you've never experienced in your life, ever, ever, ever. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And how do we get those things? Through what verse 13 says, if you put that up in the Amplified for me, please. And we're setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, okay? Now, okay, so be our guest is human wisdom. No, it's not human wisdom, it's human knowledge, okay? But it comes from God. But we take natural knowledge about specific things that we need to understand and learn, okay? And then we're taught not by human wisdom, but by the Holy Ghost combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language. So let's just take this book that is about serving people. Is that a spiritual truth? Absolutely. Comes right from the word, right? About serving people, about doing good to people. It's a spiritual truth. But not just about doing good for people so they'll come and spend their money at Disney World. It's okay. I mean, it's a spiritual principle and it works. Does it not work? It's working in a huge way, okay? But there's something that you can learn about that reading this book 
that you don't have to be intimidated by what they do at Disney and say it won't work for you because I'm just little old me or I just have this little business or this thing or, or whatever. No, no, no. You have to take what they're doing and, and hear what they're doing. And then the Holy Spirit, from a spiritual truth of servanthood through spiritual language, will show you how to apply that to what you're doing. And in a nutshell, that's what I came here to tell you tonight. Is that right there? That we take, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things that can help you, but these five things that I mentioned to you about books and about teaching and, and uh, I mean, yeah, about the, the word being taught and, and about praying and asking, finding that time to pray and to listen and to ask and, and, and then the being direct in my asking and, and my confessions have helped me to become clear-minded in what I believe God has for my life, but what God has for this church body. Amen? And, and I'm telling you tonight, if you'll apply these same type principles and use other things that you've learned and other, th other ideas that you've gotten from other people, but if you'll take what I've shown you tonight, it will help you to know what you're here for and to fulfill that plan and that purpose in your own life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So tonight, as we... If you'll, if you'll get out your list and, and have those with you, um, we're just gonna we're just gonna go along. My wife and I are, and we're gonna pray over you. And, and I want you to I want you to know this too tonight. Um, in in the Bible, there's a number of places where the anointing on one person was transferred to another person. And in the fivefold ministry, the pastoral office has an anointing with it. The word that I've shared with you this morning and tonight, I'm giving you instruction about things, but I'm giving it to you from things that have worked in our lives and that we believe in. So when I'm praying for you today, tonight, when Becky and I are laying our hands on you, we're believing that that anointing that's on, on the office of the pastor is getting it all it is, is coming from us and through us to you and transferred to you in, in such a way that it causes you to advance and know who you are and know what you're called to do and prosper in everything that you set your hand to. We believe that tonight. Amen? And it's, and it's important that you believe it and embrace it and, and receive that in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? So tonight, the, the way I'd, I'd like to do this, we're, we're going to, if everybody will stand. <clears throat> and what we're praying with you for, we're, we are praying for you to have wisdom, number one, and insight into God's plan and his purpose for your life like you've never had before. You, you, you've had vision probably in the past, but never is vision going to happen and manifest in your life from today on throughout this whole entire year and beyond. How, how many believe that tonight? Vision and understanding like you've never had before. And, and what we're releasing with it is in what you're stepping out into and ideas that God is bringing to you as you follow through in those throughout this year, 
that the favor of God will be so strong on everything that you do. Listen to me, when the favor of God is on our life because we believe in it, it makes the difference between just natural things happening to you and supernatural things happening and manifesting in your life. We want the supernatural, not just the natural, but the supernatural. Can you say amen to that? Amen.